One of the things that stops small business owners from creating marketing content consistently is this feeling of being uninspired, of having no idea what to say in the first place. If you can relate to this, you are in good company. So many of us struggle with knowing what our marketing content should actually be about. But I am here to help. I have come up with 100 prompts that you can use to guide your marketing from your social media posts to your emails to your longer form content. I guarantee that these prompts will get you inspired and that you'll have more ideas than you even know what to do with. You can download this list of 100 marketing prompts for free at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100 prompts. That's makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100-P-R-O-M-P-T-S. Welcome back to Making Good, the podcast for small businesses who want to make a big impact. I'm your host, Lauren Tilden, and this is episode 202. Today's episode is about a topic that is near and dear to my heart, and that is how to create and maintain a socially conscious business. My passion for this probably comes as no surprise, given the title of this podcast is Making Good, and my membership program is called Making Good Happen. Many, if not most, of this show's listeners are or want to be socially conscious entrepreneurs, and it has been such a joy to witness the community forming and growing around this idea. As today's guest said, it is so vital to surround yourself with peers and fellow business owners who get it, who support your business's mission for good. To help us think through how to center doing good in our businesses, hint, there are so, so, so many ways, Stephanie Malon Rufi joins me for a fantastic conversation. Stephanie is the owner of Spark Good, where she consults with and coaches socially conscious entrepreneurs. She helps to distill their vision into a focused strategy and action plan, helps solve key challenges with mindset blocks, and helps them have a greater positive social impact with their business. It was so much fun to talk with someone else in the social entrepreneurship space. I learned a lot from my chat with Stephanie. No matter where your business is and its journey for good, I know you will get a lot out of this conversation. So in this episode, we discussed what social change or social responsibility means, different ways that businesses can be socially responsible, how to make sure that we're not being performative or greenwashing, how Stephanie's clients are building or running their businesses differently, how to introduce a social change element to your business if you didn't start out that way, and more. And now let's get on to the interview. Hey, Stephanie, welcome to Making Good. Hi, well, thanks so much for having me here today. I cannot wait to pick your brain about all things socially responsible mm. business. Mm-hmm. Um, this is so near and dear to my heart. So I'm thrilled to have you on the show. Before I get to my laundry list of questions for you, <laughs> I would love for you to tell a little bit about your business, which is unique, and maybe a little bit about what led you to start the business, what your path mm-hmm. looked like. Give us the story. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you. My business is called Spark Good. And I work with business owners who want to build and use their business as a vehicle for social change. So it's all of those impact-based businesses um, that in addition to right, making a profit, wanting to to make a business that's profitable and that is sustainable, but also that there's um, there's also some positive social impact that's happening because of the business. So that's really um, the types of businesses I love to work with. I specifically work in the capacity of being both a, what I consider a holistic business coach. So um, looking at 
the business as well as the business owner as a whole? Um, and how are both of those showing up and working together? And then I also have some expertise in the area of where I consult, which would be your overall business strategy. And I often will create strategic marketing plans with clients as well. So those are the areas I really um, focus on in the work that I do with these business owners. Amazing. And how did you come to do this work? Yes. So I... um, Gosh, over uh, about 20 years ago is probably when I first worked within um, what is considered like a social enterprise. So I was working for a nonprofit. However, they had several business lines that was contributing to about 80% of their budget. So they had earned income revenue over some several business lines. And this was um, sort of social enterprise, social entrepreneurship was, it was known and it was out there, but um, it's been interesting. I think over time, it's become even more, um, more well-known in a way. People are kind of seeing how, wow, businesses, there's things that we can do with business that's actually for the positive and for the good. And so, but I had that first taste of working within this, within this organization. And so since then, um, I, I did not have a business background at all. So, um, I both went and I got my MBA, um, and focused really in entrepreneurship because I think a lot of the skills that we use in entrepreneurship ties in so well with what skills we need to do to really start these efforts of creating businesses um, and being really innovative in ways that they can um, have positive social impact. And yes, I guess from there, I, um, and then I've worked within, I've worked both um, launching a nonprofit um, social enterprise as well as a for-profit business um, that were in this space. And so after having those kind of in the trenches experiences, I then sort of switch gears and um, for the past four or five years have been really working in this space of, of doing that, that coaching consulting role um, and also just getting the word out that we can use business um, both to have, you know, our own lives be sustainable and also do really great things with it. So I just also love um, sharing that message and getting more people thinking about that. I love, love, love that so much. I think my audience tends to be people who are going to really resonate with this. People Mm -hmm. who they, they want to make money. Obviously they run businesses. They probably want to like have that money afford them to do cool things in their lives, but they also want to have their business in some way be making the world a better place. I think a common misconception that a lot of folks tend to have is that a socially responsible business is one that donates X percent of money per year Mm. to X charity and that that's the only way to do it. So I'd love for you to just maybe define a little bit, like what is a social enterprise or what is a socially responsible business and what might be some of the ways that businesses are doing good that, are outside of just that, not that donating isn't great. It Mm -hmm. is like, how can we think beyond that? Yes. Um, And so, uh, and I love this question because, you know, because we actually, there's so many businesses that we know donate money, but on the other hand, if you look at the other arm of their business, a lot of times they're, they're causing harm, right. To our environment, or um, they might have some practices that are actually, um, not positively impacting our world. And so, 
So it's really where, so that's why when I talk about social impact, I really say positive social impact, right? So first of all, it's it's just a business where you're not externalizing costs that can be detrimental. So that's one of the first things even that I, that I think about is how you're operating your business, right? Mm -hmm. That you're, um, so there's a lot of things that you can do just in terms of practices that you have in the way that, that you're functioning. So, so whether it's not externalizing costs, that happens a lot, especially environmentally. Can you explain what that means for anyone who might not know? Yes. So, um, you know, for example, um, creating a product that has chemicals in it, um, either through the process of creating a product, um, there might be chemicals, right, that are part of the waste that might get into our water system. So if there's, right, I'm sure we've... um, seen mm-hmm. this <laughs> happen many times with some major corporations, right? So, so that's where there's a, there's a cost to what they're producing that they are not taking responsibility for because of the, what is then happening to our environment and the cost now that we all have to, we're all sort of bearing the brunt of that. Mm-hmm. I studied economics, so I know about the concept of externalities, <laughs> but I was like, is this a word that everyone knows? I don't know. Maybe they do. Totally. Totally. Right. Um, right. And I think we don't think about that a lot. And so, um, so that's why it's so just at the bare minimum, you know, cause some people, um, depending on where they are with their business, I always say there's probably just things that how, how you're functioning. Right. So making sure that, that you're not that something, there's not sort of a byproduct that's, um, happening from the work you're doing that's that is detrimental and then also how i mean it goes to things like um and if you do have a team if you are hiring people right how are how are you treating them how are you compensating them so so that's another area where living wage at minimum more than that right so thinking about how you're growing your team and your business in a way that is more socially responsible for the others that then are relying on you for their income mhm you know, uh, another thing might also be even advocacy. I see this happen um, with some businesses that depending on especially what industry you in, there's some... Uh, sometimes there is uh, regulation or sort of antiquated laws, right, that are hurtful. And depending on kind of what area you're in, um, you might also do some advocacy work as well because you're tying into sort of to kind of a bigger cause. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, those are just some other ways, right? That is in addition to this donate back model that you can can really have a positive impact. Yeah. I love those examples. And I feel like you are just illustrating that it's very much like a use your creativity kind of Mm. question. Like what possible ways could you make a positive impact? What pretty much every decision you make, I like to think about has an opportunity to make a positive impact. Right. Exactly. Like where are you spending your money, your vendors, right? Or products Mm -hmm. that you're, that you're buying, Thinking, are yeah. there other social impact businesses that you can do work with right. to support that whole ecosystem? Right. Amazing. So I guess what would be a clean, cleanly <laughs> defined definition of social, like a social enterprise or a socially mm. responsible business? So I would say that's where you're, you're going to be combining business practices and principles, right? So there's kind of that traditional business piece. 
Um, but you're really combining it with both passion. I, I like to say passion, compassion, and then taking action to make hmm. the social change so that you are able to do both. I think one thing that people may be feeling right now is like, oh my gosh, this is overwhelming. Like I need mm-hmm. to make, you know, there's like every decision I make in my business is an opportunity to do good. Well, that's like a lot of pressure to make, mm-hmm. you know, to be perfectly, especially the product-based folks listening who, you know, there are impacts of making products. Yes. We try to make decisions. I know that most of my listeners probably try to make as responsible decisions as they can, but there's probably some waste created, even if it's like recyclable or, you know, I don't know. It's, it's like, I think that a lot of product-based business owners, especially sustainably minded ones contend with this feeling of like, but I am making good decisions (laughs) where I can, but there is an impact of creating products. So Mm -hmm. what would you say to those people? Mm -hmm. I, cause I think of product creation, also shipping, right? I mean, there's, there's manufacturing, um, shipping, packaging, and you don't always have control over what's available for you to, to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, but there might be some things that you do. So I, I would say you have to, instead of giving, getting overwhelmed and looking at the big picture, look at one piece of what you're doing, right? Start somewhere. Maybe it is, um, maybe there is a type of packing material, right? I mean, I know I've gotten some of them that are um, like water soluble, right? Or that they, there's, instead of being <laughs> the popcorn that we throw into the garbage and then like sits in landfills, right? So so maybe it's finding one, so one element of your shipping that you can change because you know that, that's going to um, have less of an environmental impact. So I would encourage or encourage just to look at one piece of what you're doing. You don't need to do it all right now. Yeah. Don't be a perfectionist about it. Like making some small change is going to add up. Yes. Otherwise you won't do anything, right? Because it gets so overwhelming. So, Mm -hmm. so maybe there's just one, one piece of what you're doing that you can just, okay, this is an area that I can, I can make a change. Um, I can absorb it financially, right? Especially when we're, um, younger businesses and trying to get to that next level there, the financial piece comes into play too, of what, what can we actually do? What can we afford to do? Yeah, this is an interesting segue because another hesitation that I think a lot of early stage small business owners have is like, oh, you know, I just started like I I'll worry about this when I'm bigger. Mm. Um, but but that's probably not what you or I would recommend. So what would you say to that person who's feeling like they're they're just beginning? So like, I don't know, A, what difference could they really make? And B. Like, why should that be something that they're thinking about right now when they're so so small? Yes. Well, to me, the the first thing is we're even starting to think about this. It's it's like, well, what are you most passionate about, right? What is the ch- big change you want to see in the world? And there might be a number of things you want to see changed, but think about think about those and what kind of what aligns with the work that you're doing, right? So, to me, it also plays into as you're creating your your mission and really your vision for your business and the world. So how can you have those be aligned? 
that's something from day one, right? I mean, we all starting a business, whether we have a social impact piece or not, we really should be thinking about our vision of where we want this to go. And so it doesn't matter the size that you are, but taking the time to do that, because why do we do that for right for any business? Because it helps you make your decisions and helps you um, guide your path forward. So the sooner that you have that social impact piece in there as well, the more you're going to be thinking about that as you're making decisions, as you're growing, and as you're developing. Mm -hmm. I feel like there was a second part to that question that I didn't answer yet. (laughs) No, 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 no. I think that's great. I think... If it's hard to do in the beginning, it's going to be hard to do later on. Yeah. So if it's like, oh, when I reach X dollars in revenue per year, then I'll donate 5% of my profits. Well, Mm. all of a sudden that becomes like zero to a lot really fast. Whereas like if it's always a small percentage that you're donating, if that's your model, Mm -hmm. then it's, I don't know, it's less of like a shock to the system in some ways. So yeah, I think that that would be my argument for starting early. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly. Because then from day, then you know um, that, right, the things that you're doing, it's just, it's easier to grow and do what you need to do because you already have added that piece to it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. One thing that I think about a lot when it comes to having a socially responsible business and especially from the perspective of being a marketer is I think it can be something that marketers use a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, like Mm -hmm. we're socially responsible or like we're Ritz is a green company. And if that's true, that's great. Um, I think if, if you're saying things that are totally true about your business, why not use that in your marketing? But there Mm -hmm. is a concern that we are, you know, don't do what's called greenwashing or that we're Mm -hmm. not being performative in the way that Mm -hmm. we kind of like claim our, I don't know, stake our claim as socially responsible businesses. So Mm -hmm. I'd love for you to just talk a little bit about that. Like what, what does greenwashing mean? What is performative and how can we make sure that we're really backing up our claims that we might make in our marketing? Sure. Um, Right. I mean this, and we, we see this play out, um, also, I think with some of our larger companies, right, where um, and I think in the past few years, we have seen more of a consumer interest in like, well, what are you like? You're saying one thing and you're doing another. Right. So it's mm-hmm. where it does. There's sort of what I see as it's a lack of authenticity. Right. Um, and so we will see this play out, you know, <laughs> kind of on the big screen, so to speak. But but it can come to. Yes, even the the small business, it comes down to that level. Actually, one of the companies that I worked for was part of the startup was in the environmental space. And so the product was, um, was actually an envelope product, but there was significant environmental savings by adopting this particular product. Um, and so what was interesting was to see which, you know, what companies really are interested in changing what they're doing um, to be more authentic and in line with what they say they're doing. So greenwashing, right, that term came about and I saw that happen a lot where companies, you know, 
they have they have an environmental look to <laughs> you know their what they have out in the world visually they look environmental um they talk about green you know that they're very green and 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 all of this but yet they still might be putting you know practices into place that are that are actually detrimental right so whether their own production is causing environmental damage or just even decisions that they make with with just how they operate are having is damaging to our environment essentially. So, so that disconnect is really um, what we see. And that's really important to be mindful of, of not doing. And so again, it's that authenticity piece. It's that, so if you taking that time to really see like authentically, what is that change that I want to be a part of? What am I passionate about? How can my business play a role in this? So, so just going back to remembering that and then being accountable to, to what you are committing to, right? I mean, you have, you get to decide as the business owner. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's that transparency piece and so that people can, can see what you're doing. And that doesn't even just, and when I say transparency, it's whether the, that the work that you're doing or what you're putting out there, like how can people know uh, how can you be transparent about if you're saying one of your products, perhaps that it's made from some reclaimed material, right? So be transparent about like, what's that process of getting the reclaimed material? How, you know, so that people know that that's what's happening. They can understand it. So it's kind of educating as well with what that looks like for you and your business. Yeah. I think it's about being clear to yourself, mm-hmm. most importantly, but to everyone else about what you stand for and then making sure if you're saying that you stand for something, like you're actually doing something about that also, not just like, oh, I believe in this, but you can believe in things a lot. <laughs> and not do anything about that. Right. I mean, it's also a little bit of the like, why don't you do it first and talk about it later? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. There's, there's a, there's a value, right. In communicating what you're doing, but like, why don't you just do it, get the practice down and then you can, can talk mm-hmm. about that as yeah. well. Well, I'd love to hear in your experience working with your clients, like what is that process like of someone comes to you and says, you know, like, I want to be a more socially responsible business. Like mm-hmm. what is the process of kind of incorporating that mentality and that, that I guess value into their business mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what might be some changes that if you, I don't know if you have some client examples or yeah, just some really concrete ways that people can think about concrete changes that they could make to positively make an impact with their business. Mm-hmm. Yes. Actually, I, an example of a client I am currently working with and initially in our work around her business. And I will say for a lot of the people I work with, you know, a lot of it is what most business owners, especially starting out a business, struggle with, whether you're have a social impact sort of component or not. Um, a lot of it's just like, I have a lot of decisions to make. I'm trying to figure out how I can, you know, get some traction and really get some some movement for my business and, and kind of go to this next level. How can I, I a lot of times work with people who have, they've been in business, it varies, you know, a year, maybe more. It depends how much they're, they've been working on their business. Sometimes people are part-time trying to go full-time. But they, mm-hmm. the people I work with typically have 
have their business, um, but they're looking to often they need to focus. Um, and then how do they really grow and, and kind of take off with that, so to speak. So that's a lot of times the place that I'm working with people. And then where does that social impact piece come in? How, how well is that again, integrated into what they're doing? So I'll tell you a recent example. I am working with a client and she has um, been in the hair you know, salon industry, a hairstylist for, for many years. And her specialty and a lot of the work she does is with text with more textured hair. And which is an area that most um, stylists, when they go to beauty school, there is no training typically around textured hair, which and, you know, and my client, this is really important for her. And it's also just important because beauty schools, right, are it's centered around a particular demographic of people. Yeah, not very inclusive. Exactly. And the reality is now is like 60% of our uh, of the population um, has hair that is not what is typically taught in the beauty schools. So, mm. so my client and her passion really is around training and curriculum and equipping more stylists to be exactly more inclusive. And so, so this is where, where we've been working, but how, when I've been working with her and, and this social impact piece, right? So on the one hand, you can see how she's, she has to develop curriculum. She needs to develop her sales plan, right? She has to kind of figure out how she's going to get this out there. Sort of that kind of, even on that Mm -hmm. strict kind of business sense. But when we really dived into the social impact and she was really kind of doing some research around this. um, And then she also is realizing like, well, the beauty schools basically are carrying out what state regulation requires, right? So are they going to add more inclusive curriculum? Maybe a few will, but in general, until the regulation requires more inclusivity, most of them probably won't. Hmm. And so... And I bring this up because that's where it's like, wow, what she's doing really can have some big changes, right? Some real ripple effects in in transforming the industry to be more inclusive um, from that area of of training and education. I think that's such a great example. And it really illustrates how there's not like a cookie cutter, one size fits all way to be a socially responsible business. It's really about like, what do you care about? What's something that is like really fires you up? And then how can you do something about that? Mm-hmm. Um, I, like this client that you're talking about had to kind of do the research to be like, oh, this is like the legislation around this. And that's really where change can be made most probably most effectively. But like, mm-hmm. that's not a plug and play type of template. That's like a dig into it and, fig- you know, ask the questions and figure out how you can do something about it. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. I also love that that example is about inclusivity because I think that's an example of ways that we can make a positive impact that is not talked about that often, but it's like decisions as seemingly insignificant as like the people you have modeling your clothes or, Mm. you know, like the size range you have available or, um, you know, there's just so many ways that that comes into play for pretty much anyone. Yes. And that's so true, right? Those, those, all those 
you know, sort of seemingly little things, right? But if you're paying attention to it and you're thinking about it, that all adds up and really does make a difference. What would be some challenges that you see socially responsible businesses coming up against? Um, mm. I'm thinking like cost might be one, but mm, you know, like mm-hmm. it's sometimes expensive to make the more socially responsible choice, but what would be some challenges and how would you guide people through them? Yeah. Um, so it's funny. I actually, I came up with what I call the five C's for socially responsible businesses, kind of five areas that might be a little bit different than if you were in a traditional business. And I think it kind of speaks to some of these challenges that you're that you're talking about. So I'll I'll go through it just really quickly. But so so one of them is competition. A lot of times sort of getting our head around the fact that like Yes, there's this social piece that you have, but you're also what's considered a market-based business, right? So you have to to be competitive and that it's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean you can't be collaborative as well, but you need to, to understand to be competitive. Like a really easy example is, you know, there's sometimes there's like also food models, which I realize we don't even talk about where you might have um, a... F- it doesn't have to be food, but a business where you're, you might be employing um, people from a certain population. So sometimes certain populations like formerly incarcerated individuals have more barriers to employment. And so some organizations will exclusively hire from a pool to to give, um, you know, kind of a chance and economic empowerment to a certain um, individual. And so uh, I see. I see this personally a lot of times with with a food business, like a bakery, for example. So, but you can't say, "Oh, well, we have this." You know, we're providing. We have this employment model, um, and and sorry, you know, we kind of we burnt the cookies, right? It's like you have to understand that at the end of the day, people also really want the cookies. Okay, so you have mm-hmm. you're competing with other bakeries, right? And they have cookies. They might not have that same social mission that you do, but that's where it's like, you have to realize like you still have to be um, competitive and seeing like, okay, where, you know, where are you? What, what is your value proposition that you bring? So that's one thing that's important to, to be mindful of and can be a challenge, right? Some people think competition and they don't like that word, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's okay. Competition is okay. Yeah. Um, it's a good Agreed. thing, actually. Another thing is community. And I look at this as in terms of the community that's supporting you as the business owner. Are you working with vendors? Are you working with coaches or consultants who get it? You know, because some people who don't understand or don't believe in the social impact piece to your business might try to steer you away from from that focus that you have. So, Mm -hmm. So making sure that your community is supportive of what you're doing, right? Who's in that? network. That's really important. A third one is uh, cha-ching, <laughs> which is really money. <laughs> um, what C word can be for money? So, so that, cash. So, yes, cash. There you go. Um, and really, so, so as you were, you know, alluding to that can be a challenge in terms of, is it more expensive to do something that is socially responsible? And then the other piece is just getting comfortable with money, right? Sometimes, and again, especially when you're more, shall I say, heart-centered, right? Or when you have that social impact piece, um, sometimes we feel like that is in opposition to money and we have to kind of work through mm-hmm. some of 
um, just kind of maybe some of what we're perceiving uh, money to be and sort of get more comfortable with, you know, money, embrace it, you need it, it's okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The fourth one is, is change, right? So again, there's, there's a bigger change you're interested in seeing in the world. Um, There might be a systems level change. So that's just, I put that on here because that's just be mindful of that. Don't forget about that. And the fifth one is care. And when I talk about care, I'm talking about care of yourself could be care for others on your team. Mm But that's a real challenge, right? Are you being mindful of what you need um, and not overextending yourself? Because as we know, it's very easy to burn out. And so I love that that's one of them. Yes. (laughs) That feels very important. Yes. And that's what, and, and that's very much in my approach too when I'm working with individuals, especially when we're first getting to know each other. I have a lot of questions that's just about, care of themselves and who they are as an individual and how they're working like with their business, because that's just really important to have that well-balanced and paying attention to that as well. So those are my five C's that I think hit on some of the challenges when you um, have that socially responsible business. Yeah, that's no, that's a great answer. Mm-hmm. I want to dig into that care yes. component a little bit because I feel like That's not something that's talked about a ton, but I do think that especially the types of people who care about, I don't know, Mm. like you say, like the more heart-centered, mission-driven type business owners might be likely to put everything and everyone before themselves Mm. sometimes. Yes, Um, yes. Do you have any tips for anyone who might resonate with that and like kind of putting themselves last or like even people who, and I've been there raising my hand, like, you know, (laughs) pay everyone else on their team and like Mm. maybe don't pay themselves as much, um, which like obviously pay people on your team and not saying to not do that, but like, (laughs) you know, making sure that you're putting yourself and your own needs. That's right. Like on a, the right footing, the right, like equal standing. Yes. And so, yeah, and absolutely. And, um, and when we have this conversation or, or, or it can be ongoing, right. When I'm working with people. Um, so yeah, so it's that care of yourself. So it's like, okay, so where does that show up in your business? Um, and to that point, we always do look at the money. So how much are you making in your business? You know, is that what, is that enough? So, so being mindful of like, yeah, where where does that fall in the financial piece? Um, making sure that your take home pay, like that's one of the fixed expenses it should be. And if it's not, how can we get mm-hmm. it to be? So definitely, I mean, being mindful of of that piece of the financial element. I would say the other um, the other one is time. I, a lot of times we'll work with when I'm doing more of the coaching piece of things with clients is on their time. Um, I find a lot of a lot of people are in reactive mode, um, feeling (laughs) haggard, worn down. And so, you know, and time is actually our, I'd say it's our most finite resource. Mm -hmm. There's actually, you know, money can be more endless than time if you think about it. And so I put a lot of emphasis on, on time and how to move towards protecting some of your time. And, and in doing this for you and your work, what's the best time of day, your energy levels? And so trying to work with an individual, sometimes it's just awareness and learning, right? Some people maybe don't know that about themselves. And then how does that translate into your business? 
Um, again, it depends the type of business you have, but I do, you know, I've had some clients that are more creatives, for example, and several of them prefer like nighttime is really their creative time. So mm-hmm. how can we, you know, and I say, you want to stay up and go to bed at 4 a.m., mm-hmm. you know, that for some people that is like their, that's when their juices are flowing. That's when they really produce what they're putting into the world. And so, great. So how can you make that work? You know, that's part of, um, that's definitely part of what I do with people because how can you, you know, we're disrupting nine to five. Those days are done, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think we're learning. Yeah hours, ways we're working, all of that's like ever changing. And so it's a really great opportunity to think about that. And again, it just goes back to like also having awareness and knowing yourself. So, so that's a big piece of it too, is ongoing learning and self-discovery. The more open you are to that, the more, you know, that will come to you of what you need. Yeah. I I always say, I feel like for me, running my business has been like the biggest personal growth journey. Absolutely. Of my life, (laughs) I leaps and bounds. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. How do you approach doing good through your small business? Mm. You know, so for me, I mean, like my, what I see is kind of where I fit in to, to the world is, is just getting this message out, right? Like we as businesses need to, we need to shift this traditional way of doing business. We don't, mm-hmm. we don't need to get worn out with it. We need to stop externalizing costs. We need to um, look at more. It's not just what's the bottom line, what's the profit, right? So, it, so it's looking at other factors as well. So that for me, that's, that's the place that I'm just let's get more people on board. Let's support more people doing this. Let's grow this ecosystem of, of social business or, and doing good. And so one of the things that I do also is there's, I partner with an organization that's doing a lot of empowerment of trying to get more entrepreneurs, especially in lower income areas. So kind of to, as a way to delay or kind of, or I guess, stop gentrification in a lot of neighborhoods is like, how can we build from within wealth from within? Mm -hmm. And to me, this also really um, ties in so well with that shift that I want to see of business. And so, so I partner with an organization and do a lot of work that is discounted or I mean, below, below kind of what my rate is, but I, I do, I'm committed to some of my business and my work being in this, being in this area because of the passion and because of the alignment I have with, with that. So that's, that's one example of something that, that I do that really, I think aligns with where my, my interest is and my impact. Yeah. I think that's another great example of a way of doing good. That is Mm -hmm. not like kind of maybe the standard, but discounting Mm -hmm. for people that may not otherwise be able to afford your product or your service, but that like you think it's really important that they have. I think that's awesome. Yes. Um, yes. What would be one small business that you admire? Mm. So there's a lot, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I, I cho- I'll choose one because I, I love that it hits on a couple of, there's a few things I admire about it. So it is a cleaning business, a residential actually, and they just launched a commercial cleaning business. It's called Two Bettys. It's in Minneapolis, Minnesota. They have an awesome website. So definitely one to, to peek at because I think they do a great job of their brand and all the cool things that they're doing, but two Betty's cleaning. So why do I love it? So it's a woman owned business, um, locally owned in Minneapolis. 
They, um, so they work, so it's domestic worker industry, right? That's kind of what, what it is. And it's residential cleaning, which traditionally does not pay well. Um, you know, and so, so they do pay well, they provide a living wage as that's their sort of entry level wage for their employees. And they also offer benefits, which is unusual in this industry. Mm -hmm. Um, so just even right. So, so right from the get go, wow, that's really, that's really great to, and of course, very appealing to clients as well. The other things though that they do is they also do some advocacy work around the domestic workers industry, like regulation around payment, right? So like minimum pay, working conditions, that sort of thing. So they advocate as well for the industry as a whole. And then they also use eco-friendly green cleaning products to the point where they have launched their own line of cleaning products. Hmm. Super cool. Yes. Love that. So many examples in one business. That's what I love about it. Cool. Excited to check them out. Yes. And they will be linked in the show notes for sure. Okay. What would be a book you would recommend? So I love books, uh, <laughs> especially business and development, right? Personal development. Um, mm-hmm. But one book that I that I really love and I come back to from time to time is The Soul Sourced Entrepreneur by Christine Kane. Hmm, new one for me. Oh, so I just love her. It's again, it's it's her whole approach to being an entrepreneur and how do you, and it's that, I love the name, Soul Sourced, right? Lots of great things in there. One thing that I really love about the book um, is that she does a great job of talking about intention setting and then how you connect your business goals to that larger intention. Love it. Cool. That sounds recommend right up my alley. And I'm always like, I've done so many interviews now and it's not very often. There's a book that hasn't been recommended. So uh-huh. <laughs> cool. Well, Stephanie, I know you have a quiz for um, social change oriented businesses and I I'd love you to just share about that as well as folks, how they can connect with you and learn more about your work and yes. all this stuff. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes. So I have a quiz and it's called, am I using my business as a vehicle for social change? So it's just a really, it's quick. What I love about it is as you go through it, it might give you actually some ideas of what you might want to do in your business. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's free. That's and it. You can get to it on my website. My website is a great place to to go. It is sparkgood.net. So that is a great place to reach me. I am also on LinkedIn and Instagram as well. Amazing. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on to Making Good. This has been so much fun. I love the mission of your business. I love that you're just out there spreading the word about all the ways that, you know, we can use businesses to be good in the world. Exactly. Well, Lauren, and thank you. And it's just such a pleasure to talk with you um, and to discover you also in this space. I just, I find it always so exciting when you find other people who just get it and want more of it. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's a good club to be in. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So there you have it. My conversation with Stephanie Malin-Rufi. What did you think? Are you inspired to add or perhaps double down on a mission to do good through your business? 
You can find links to Stephanie's website as well as everything else mentioned in this episode at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 202. I would love for you to take a screenshot of your podcast player while you're listening to the episode and tag me on social media at Lauren Tilden. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be super grateful to have your support. Here are a couple of ways that you can give back to making good. First, I'd be honored if you'd leave a rating and review in your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to subscribe and follow. And second, if you have a friend that you think would enjoy the podcast, send them the link. Today's episode can be found at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 202. This episode was produced and edited by Corinne Monaco of Just Peachy Illustration. Thank you for being here and for focusing on making a difference with your small business. Talk to you next time.